today on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. First Peter 4.12 says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. Don't think it's strange that you're going through a test. Don't blame God for the test. Don't get angry at Him for the test. He's just checking you on your heart. Son, daughter, rely on me. I care for you. Is your faith in me in this test? It's hard to understand why God allows us to go through painful trials. Why doesn't He just take them away? As Pastor Eric reminds us in today's message, these trials can be seen as a burden or they can be seen as an opportunity. It's a chance for us to draw closer and rest in our loving Father's arms. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. Jesus is attracting people today to follow him. Now, our culture has changed, you guys, since this time, since Jesus walked on the earth. People have changed. I mean, look at this guy. This guy right here, this first guy, probably could uh, represent... Peter, you know, or one of the, just a guy back in Bible times, right? He's got a beard, got, you know, I don't know what they were, but different clothing. But now check out a guy today. (laughs) Now, I see a lot of similarities. Both have beards, right? You know, the Mohawk is awesome. But the point being is that man has changed, culture has changed, but the heart of man has not. People today are still following Jesus because of selfish reasons. People today are still following Jesus because they want to be motivated. People today are still following Jesus to bring opposition towards him. People today are still following Jesus because they're curious about him. And yes, people today are still following Jesus because they believe that he is Messiah. The question then is, is why are you here? Why are you and why have you come after Jesus? Are you here learning about Jesus for selfish gain, thinking I will follow Jesus and then I will get healed, then I can go on with my life. I just need him to do these things for me. Me, me, me. Are you here because you are looking for something to pump you up for this coming week? You come to Jesus wanting that rush. You want to hear good things, good words that will help produce good thoughts. Do you look to Jesus? Are you following Jesus because as you would a person like Zig Ziglar, who was probably one of the greatest motivational speakers in this world that has lived I mean, somebody that just come in and just continue to pump you up, not focusing on anything else, but just words of encouragement, of motivation. It's just a a motivating speaking time. That's why you follow Jesus. Are you here because you want to mock Jesus? Mock those who worship Jesus. You're a fool for being here. Look at all the people who, who lift up their hands in praise. It's almost like entertainment for you. Is that your heart? Is that why you follow Jesus? Are you here because somebody has invited you to come 
And you heard Jesus, but you're, sure, you're not sure of him. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe you're here because you have a personal relationship with Jesus this morning. Maybe you believe in your heart that he is Messiah. That he is God. And you want to worship him. That's why you're here. That's why you're following Jesus. But whatever the reasons why you're here, (laughs) I want to share this. How Jesus feels towards you. For whatever reason you're here, Jesus has compassion on you. Whatever reason, if you fall in one of those five categories, even in the one of persecuting him, he has compassion for you. Even if you're here for selfish reasons, he has compassion for you. How do I know this? Because of our text. Here you have a great multitude of people following him. And it doesn't say it here, but in Matthew's account of this true story, check out what is said. Matthew 14, 14. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude and he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Knowing their hearts, right? But yet Jesus Christ still had compassion for the people. He had compassion on them. Look at Mark's account of it. And Jesus, when he came out and saw a great multitude, was moved with what, church? Compassion for them. Because they were like sheep, not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. Christ wanted to spend time with his disciples to get away. But when the multitude of people came towards him, he looked out and he was moved with compassion. Compassion for them. And whatever the reason was for following him, he wasn't concerned about that. He was concerned about them in general. Jesus had compassion on the people. That tells me that Jesus has compassion on you this morning. Why you're here? I don't know. But I do know this, that Christ sees you and he is moved with compassion for you. Jesus is able to have compassion on you this morning because the Bible tells us this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Maybe you had a rough night last night. Maybe you fell into sin last night. And last night was one of the hardest, darkest nights of your life. But Jesus Christ has seen you and he has moved with compassion for you this morning. He has moved, his heart has been moved with compassion towards you. And compassion means to be moved as one's inwards, okay? As is the seat of emotion, the heart, the heart is moved. Just understand that Christ's heart has been moved for you this morning. You. It's been moved for you. It's been moved for me. Example of this compassion, a heart moving, the inwards moving. When I first met Nicole, my wife, I saw her when we were at our church that we were uh, going to in Mesa. Before we were married, she was singing and she was wearing a red dress. And guess what? I was moved on the inside. My heart moved. (laughs) I had to meet her. Compassion, you guys, is also showing mercy and kindness. 
When your heart, when your heart is moved, that's when mercy and kindness is produced. And so when you see those things on the TV, right, the, the dogs or the kittens or the, even the tigers, I've seen one for tigers, right? Where you see these tigers and you're like, oh man, they're so cute. How can no one not be supporting these animals or the children, right? And your, your, your heart moves. That's called compassion. And compassion then produces kindness, mercy, love comes forth. Jesus Christ's heart has been moved because of you. Therefore, compassion has been produced. That compassion has produced mercy towards you. No matter what's in your heart, you have moved the heart of Jesus Christ. That's powerful. So Jesus has compassion on the multitude. In Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the hour was late when this took place. John doesn't give us that detail. John sounds like me. I leave out a lot of details. (laughs) Man, just present present the, the text, right? The hour was late, though, according to the other three Gospels. Jesus, knowing that the hour was late and the people would be traveling home, understood that they would need food for strength. And so he, here in our text here in John, says to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now why did Jesus ask Philip? Well, because Philip was a native boy to the area. Because they were in the area of Bethsaida. That's where Peter was at. Well, Peter was there from there too. But Philip was from this area. And so just as anybody would do if you were from that area, hey, where do we buy bread for these people? Jesus, though, was testing him, knowing that he, would, he already knew what he was going to do. But Philip answered saying, you know what? 200 denarii is not even sufficient. It's not even going to produce a little bit for these people. Now, 200 denarii, you guys, is eight months' wage. Eight months' wage. But you're talking 5,000 men. Not talking about the women and children that were probably there. And so understand, when Philip was asked this, Philip was thinking instantly, probably like you and I would be thinking, financially. Dude, we don't have the money for this. This is impossible. Even if I gave you eight months of my wage, it wouldn't still not be enough. But Jesus was testing Philip. And I love tests from the Lord. And I will tell you guys, I am not a good test taker. God tests us. And many times I have to retake the test. I really wish I was a better test taker. God gives us tests. Why? Why does God give us tests? Well, according to Paul in Romans, God's tests builds our character. Romans 5. According to Peter in 1 Peter, God tests us to see if our faith is genuine. According to James, God tests us to produce patience (laughs) in us. According to Jeremiah, God tests, tests us to see the condition of our heart. And tests usually come through trials. 
1 Peter 4.12 says this, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing has happened to you. Don't think it's strange that you're going through a test. Don't blame God for the test. Don't get angry at him for the test. He's just checking you on your heart. Son, daughter, rely on me. I care for you. Is your faith in me in this test? Philip is on the same plan as me. He is a test retaker. And uh, now Jesus then turns to Andrew, his other disciple. And Andrew, at least he made a somewhat of an effort even though it seemed kind of crazy, he finds a young lad, because Andrew was also from the area uh, as Philip. In fact, Andrew was the one who told Philip about Jesus. And Andrew presents this lad, small child, boy, and the boy had five barley loaves and two small fish. (laughs) Now how is this going to feed a multitude of people? Well, Jesus tells the people to take a seat. In the other Gospels, it says that Jesus asked the disciples to tell the people to grab a seat. It doesn't really matter. The people grabbed a seat. <laughs> and the multitude of the people were sitting down in the grassy fields. Now, what does this look like? Multitude of people sitting down in a grassy field. Sheep in a pasture. Sheep in a pasture. Remember, Jesus had compassion on, the, uh, on them because he viewed them as sheep without a shepherd. Psalm 23 says this, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. What a great picture of Psalm 23 in John chapter 6. Jesus having the people sit down in green pasture. Then Jesus then gives thanks for the bread and the fish. Then the miracle takes place in the hands of Jesus. And that's where the miracles happen. Not through the the flesh of man, but through the hands of Jesus. The bread and the fish were multiplied. And Jesus provided for all the people of Israel. But this isn't the first time that God has provided bread for the children of Israel, is it? No. No. In fact, there was a man who was named Elisha who was a prophet. And God did the same thing through Elisha for Israel. Listen to this in 2 Kings 4. It says, Then a man came up from Baal Shelisha and brought the man of God bread of the first fruits, 20 loaves of barley bread and newly ripened grain in his knapsack. And he said, Give it to the people that they may eat. But his servant said, what? Shall I set this before 100 men? He said again, give it to the people that they may eat. For thus says the Lord, they shall eat and have some left over. So he has set it before them and they ate and some left over according to the word of the Lord. Isn't that amazing? The parallel between the two stories? Elisha, the prophet of God. Here again, Feed my people. Well, there's only a hundred loaves. That's not going to feed enough people. Feed the people. And there was left over. And so Jesus performing again the miracle of producing multiple loaves of bread and fish as much as they wanted. This means that they could have seconds as much as they wanted. 
He continued to produce this, knowing that the people probably have heard Second Kings and the story of the prophet Elisha. Again, pointing to that God is once again providing for his people, but with the underlining message that Jesus is providing for these people, that he is God. Again, that's hitting John's theme, right? Jesus is God. God once again multiplied barley bread. And if that doesn't amaze you, then God provided bread for the children of Israel in the wilderness. With Moses through manna. And Moses said this The Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me in your midst from your brethren. Him you shall hear. Again, pointing to who? Jesus Christ. To do what? To, to, to provide. God will raise him up. And so we see 12 baskets were left over. And the word. In the Greek for leftover, which I can't produce, <laughs> I produce, I can't even say it, but I know what it means. The Greek word meant abundance. Leftover means abundance. There was an abundance of food left over. So not only did Jesus provide, but Jesus provided in an abundant way. Amazing. And I didn't read verse 15, but then after this all was done, after they said, man, this guy is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Verse 15 says, therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, he departed once again to the mountain. They wanted to put him as king. Now, he just provided for 5,000 men, but realistically, these men probably had wives. They realistically probably had kids. So there could have been 15,000 people here. It could have been. That's a lot. That's more than the city of Coolidge. What's the point? What's the point of all this? The point is, is that Jesus Christ has compassion. And it doesn't matter why you're here, why you're following him, what status you live in. Selfish, messed up, sinful, Christ has compassion for you. Christ has compassion for you. Meaning that you, in your state that you sit today, have moved the heart of Christ. So much so that he went to the cross to die for you. That's how much you moved this man's heart, that he went and he died for you. That's a big move of the heart. <laughs> and then Jesus wants to shepherd you. He, he, he might look out into you and see that you don't have a shepherd. You don't have a, a hope. And maybe you do have this hope in him and that he is your shepherd. But maybe he's reminding you that he is your shepherd. That he's not going to let anything happen to you. That he's going to take care of you. Yes, he will test you, but he is going to always come through for you because God never fails. Maybe it's to teach us this morning to be compassionate to other people. To have that same heart. To be moved by man. A lot of times we want to get away from man. 
But that same heart is in you if you believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus' heart is in you to move you with compassion. Maybe you don't even care. I don't know. But whatever your heart is, know that Jesus' heart has been moved for you. Man, that should move your heart for him. (laughs) The point is, is that Jesus has an abundance of love for you. The Bible tells us that he is rich in grace. He is rich in mercy. He will never go broke in these areas. Meaning that his love will flow in an abundance towards you always. Always. He wants you. Really? Yeah, really. Because the Bible says don't lie. (laughs) Jesus has compassion. Jesus wants to shepherd you. And yes, Jesus has an abundance of love for you. And this morning, it just comes down to your heart. Do you believe? Do you, do you have faith in him? Because that's what he's asking for you, from you, is faith. Believe me. And believing includes repenting, turning from the works of your goodness, and turning to the goodness done for you on the cross by Jesus Christ. Repenting is turning away from the sins that were nailed from the cross with Jesus. That's what repenting is. It's saying, yes, I have these sins, but I'm giving it to you, Christ. And then I'm going to turn away from that as a new creation in you. (laughs) That's that. Acts 2.21 And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10.13, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. John, 1 John 5.11, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son of God does not have life. These things have I written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may continue to believe in the name of the Son of God. What is God asking us to do? Believe. 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 (laughs) And he will have you sit in green pastures, and he will lead you to still waters. For those who do believe... Jesus is your great shepherd. Look to him. Look to him this week in those times of despair, those times of issues. Because remember that man's heart might not be moved for for you, but the compassion of the king has been set out for you. And that there's an abundant love for you. And that's truly a great motivational word right there. Is I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. And then go tell somebody about this great shepherd. Because the world needs to hear. We hope the words Pastor Eric shared have encouraged you to learn even more about our Savior and seek his love and hope for your own life. Jesus has the power to change every person's life, wiping sin away and giving back a full life of love and grace. If you'd like to know more about Jesus and how you can have a personal relationship with Him, 
We'd love to tell you more. Please give us a call at 520-723-7047. That number again is 520-723-7047. We have much to share with you about Jesus, and we'd like to join you in prayer as you begin your journey of faith. One thing we'd encourage you in right away is to find a local church in which to get involved. If you are in the Coolidge, Arizona area, we would be thrilled to have you join us here at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Come join us for a time of worship and studying verse by verse through the Bible. You can find our weekly service times, church address, and directions through our website at gracetothehearers.com. You'll also be able to read more about Pastor Eric, our church family, and what we believe. That website again is gracetothehearers.com. That's all the time we have for today on Grace to the Hearers. We're so glad that you joined us, and we hope you'll continue to be blessed throughout your day. Tune in again as Pastor Eric continues teaching through the book of John, right here on Grace to the Hearers.